What's up, guys? This is Brock here. Welcome to episode number 19 of the Better With Brock podcast. I'm here with Miharo Gregory, a longtime friend of mine. Uh, We've been friends since, I think, man, 14 years old. So that's like 14 years. Yeah. So we're, um, yeah, super good mates. He recently came over for my wedding. Uh, Appreciate you flying over, man. Um, Of course. Yeah. And while he's, you know, right now, He's in, I would say, the biggest band in, in New Zealand at the moment, playing keys for LAB, um, cleaned up the Aotearoa Music Awards, um, and just absolutely smashing the charts as well. Um, in the Air, huge, YOY huge, and the album's just just doing awesome. So uh, I wanted to get him on to, I guess, chat about, you know, what it's like being in, you know, one of the biggest bands in New Zealand. So yeah, man, welcome to the podcast. Uh, awesome to have you on. I'd love to, I guess, to start off with, I guess, start off with how you maybe got into music and ended up where you are in LAB because I know personally, you know, you've been in a few bands and worked your way up. But yeah, what's that whole process like? And give yourself a bit of an introduction, maybe better than mine. (laughs) Oh, that was good. Hey, bro. Um, Thanks for having me. And um, yeah, 14 years, eh? that's crazy. Yeah, man. Went through puberty together. <laughs> I'm still going through it. Going through it, yeah. <laughs> nah, yeah. Um, well, way back when I was young, my parents signed me up to um, keyboard lessons when I was like five or six. Uh, so I kind of learned all the basics, but I didn't really get into playing music until high school, I guess. Mm. Um, I don't know if everyone knows you used to play music. Yeah, just not as good as you. <laughs> uh, yeah, we had a cool crew that we all started uh, jamming together, eh? And that probably inspired me to um, pick it up again and uh, take it a bit more serious, start writing songs. Um, so much so that I went and studied it. Studied mm-hmm. music and audio engineering down south in New Zealand. And um, yeah, from there... Just joined bands, eh? Joined bands and gigged with people, did all sorts of gigs. Yeah. Um, yeah, slowly worked my way up to LAB, I guess. Yeah, so, man, I remember being at your house and you playing around on Fruity Loops. Is it Fruity Loops? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we used to, like, <laughs> record music and, like, sing and stuff and, like, make songs. Um, number one hits. <laughs> yeah, make those number one hits that we'll release later. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so like, what did that look like? Cause I know as a, as a musician, when I was trying to make it and trying to, you know, make a name for myself when I was singing and playing guitar, um, I, I, I studied jazz guitar, um, but never, you know, ne- never got amazing. Um, but man, you do some gigs where like there's two people or like well I did (laughs) I did anyway or and they're they're your mates that you've invited but yeah yeah, like 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 what sort of gigs did you have to do to like kind of persevere to get to where you are yeah I remember several gigs sometimes (laughs) there's there's literally no one there you can just see the bar staff and the bouncer like awkward eye contact with the bouncer just like it's pretty much just a rehearsal in a venue and you're like oh man (laughs) like I'm getting paid for this yeah yeah. Well, yeah you pay for it and then 
the bar managers hitting you up like, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, yeah, yeah, a hundred people will show up, but no one shows up. And, <laughs> but um, yeah, it started off with, I don't know, kind of doing anything you can, um, mm. playing for exposure and, uh, or the koha or donations, you know? Yeah. Um, but the more you do it, uh, I think it's the best way. Um, the more you do it, the better experience you have, the more experience you have. And I think you see a lot of artists nowadays who maybe get famous with a song on the radio or TikTok and that, and they're just catapulted to a level of fame and their first performances are in front of big crowds or, and, and it's just not, you can tell they're not very uh, confident maybe. Mm. So starting from the bottom and working working your way up is, is the way to go. And then I moved to Wellington in New Zealand, got into uh, yeah playing with other bands, meeting other musicians, kind of networking and uh, getting into the, the session musician scene. So I'd, um, get contacted by a record label and go in and just play, play keys for someone, for an artist. And slowly, uh, yeah, got to know different people who eventually linked me to LAB. And I um, did a few sessions with them. Um, and by the time the next album came around, they, they asked me to join. So that's how it went really. So, so were you just, so before you were actually in the band, were you just playing keys for them as like a session musician? So it, it wasn't like LAB plus me huddle or anything. It was just like LAB, but you were the keys, but like not being acknowledged type of thing as a band member. Yeah. Yeah. So, cause they, they already have a keyboardist, but um, he plays rhythm guitar as well. So he, live, he had to juggle keys and guitar and singing. Um, yeah. So on the second album, I'm in the credits, you know, but I'm not a member. Yeah. Yeah. So where do you think like you started getting traction with your music? Because, you know, like obviously when you start doing sessions and then LAB kind of invite you on, like, you know, that took time as you said, but like, where did you think like, oh, this is, this is getting better. And, and, and was there any point as well, like where you were like, oh, I don't know if I want to keep pushing, like, were there some, I don't know, like a struggle where you're like, you know, you're doing a gig and there's two people there. And you're like, why am I doing this? Cause like, even though I'm still not a, like I'm still not in music, but I remember those gigs. Like, yeah. Like I remember I, I lived in Gold Coast and I used to do gigs. So I'll do PT from 4.45 AM till like 12 PM. And then I'd have three, three hour gap and get ready for a gig. And then I'd gig from like, I don't know, like six or four till like midnight sometimes and just do like, and that was my day, but I'll do gigs at like this burger store, <laughs> this burger store. He, like he was Maori and he was like, Oh yeah, you can come play and, you know, pay me and all this kind of stuff. But it was like, sometimes yeah, no one was there. I'd literally ask the waiters, like, do you want to hear a song? <laughs> like what song do you want? Like there's no one here. Like, was there any points where you really struggled to like keep pushing? And when was that kind of breaking point where you're like, no, nah, I'm going to really like keep smashing it. Yeah, definitely. Um, there was a few years, I used to work at a cafe as well. Like, so start, I don't know, six, I think it was, and then uh, go till four and then have enough time to get ready for a gig in the evening. And there was a band, I had a, my own band that was, I was kind of the uh, director of, I guess, that I was trying to make it, Nation. Yeah, Nation. Yeah, I was going to say. Um, 
but yeah i learned a lot from that experience like i i don't think anyone can ever be like if it's your vision uh no one else is going to be as committed as you if you know what i mean you can try and spread it out and make it a group thing but in the end it's kind of your vision to look after so yeah i had that and that did well but sometimes it was just a struggle <laughs> you're playing to like a few people or um you know you spend a lot of money recording songs and then going on tour sometimes the band feels like you're just dragging them along but um yeah so that got kind of hard and it's not like music is uh, making you a lot of money in the early stages so yeah leaving <laughs> away but um yeah it kind of all happened at once eh? which i think is a thing you're just working away and then opportunities come out of opportunities so uh we took a gig that cost us money but i knew it would be a cool experience we yeah. flew down and played with uh Shafu. yeah and through that the OG I, man the OG. the OG yeah which is just an awesome gig in itself it's crazy yeah. we also played with uh Lawton Cora who's who's son for Cora um and through meeting them yeah I got a lot of opportunities I got on got along with Lawton who was producing an album for Rhea Hall uh, the singer and uh I got on that and then other big bands were kind of interested in taking me on tour and that but um yeah lab lab uh snatched me and yeah if i could have picked a band it would have been lab so yeah 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 so so with that like i totally agree with you like you you just work away but you feel like looking back at it like it was all building but at the time you feel like it's not adding to anything like yeah it's just not happening and then it just like explodes or you know and that's uh, i think that's how some people get confused with like overnight success Mm. um you know like people often working their ass off but they're not seen and then they do one thing but it's not that one thing it's the momentum of things that they've been working on for that entire time yeah it's like that one thing wouldn't have happened without all that pre-work yeah, exactly. And I, I, and I think that's the hard thing when you see things from afar. That's why I like having conversations like this. Because people that, you know, don't know you or maybe were just high school friends with you, they're like, oh, Mihal's just like exploded and, you know, now he's in New Zealand's biggest band and they're winning awards and stuff. It's like, but, you know, you were out there doing gigs to, to people that, or to, <laughs> to invisible people that <laughs> weren't there. And, you know, you, you, you know, you were doing session and you were trying to decide where to go and stuff like that. That's, you know, that's what happens. Like, I'm a, I'm a big fan of that. Like you just put your head down and work and then, you know, opportunities will come. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Just saying yes to pretty much anything. And then over time you can slowly narrow it down. I guess. Eh? Yeah. Yeah. I kind of put it down to like, you know, when I first started personal training face to face, I would say yes to anyone. I would train everyone and anyone because you can't get selective with who you work with. Like a lot of people would pride themselves. Oh, I just work with, CEOs and high net worth individuals or professional athletes and all that kind of stuff. And I got to a point where that was who I trained, but at the start I trained anyone. 
I was yeah. like, yep, I'll take you. Like, I'll take you and I'll take you and your friend. And, and then you kind of, as you get better and as you get experience, you get used to what you're good at and you find things out or you get, you, you know, you discover who you click with and, and what you sort of like. And with you, it'll be like, oh, this is the genre of music I like. You know, maybe you're doing gigs and you're just doing everything and anything. Um, covers maybe then you're like oh but I actually love doing originals so I don't want to play other people's music you know you but but you have to discover that and go through that process yeah that's totally it um, yeah 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 you can't just um you, you probably can't just start out saying I'm going to train uh top athletes <laughs> you have to work your way up yeah you have to do your reps figure everything out yeah yeah, I, I, I think that's, you know, social media as well. Like even just body transformations, people will see this shredded dude and, you know, this buff guy and be like, oh, I want to look like him. But it's like, man, he's trained for 10 years, you know, like he, he, he knows everything back to front and what to eat and, you know, his lifestyle is all in check. It doesn't happen overnight. Yeah. You know, just like, like even just with, um, even with LAB, like before you joined, um, I'm not sure if they got heaps of awards previously that, they may have but like but you guys have put out a lot of albums yeah so it was like a, yeah sorry you go yeah it was an album album a year for five years which has been so far um and i started helping out on the second album so before i joined they'd released the album and then they two years before that they'd been gigging and writing so yeah, they'd been working hard as well. And then before that, they'd been in other successful bands. Mm. So all that knowledge and experience comes into play, uh, which helped LAB move up so fast as well. So what album do you think it took to like really kick off? Like, were they all doing well, like as well as they are now? Or do you think like it's been like you know the last two or just just because i'm personally aware of the last two that have been like you know like yeah. since you've been in it and i've been really paying attention and and listening uh yeah when i joined no um <laughs> they've only taken off when i joined that's yeah. the answer i think one and two were did well but it wasn't till uh number three with the song in the air that hit number one in new zealand so that really that huge skyrocketed everything yeah and then people go back and discover the first two albums so yeah yeah and once you're at that level then everything else does better yeah yeah i'm a yeah i love in here i i remember when i was at my brother's bucks um because over in australia i don't listen to much music like especially radio and stuff just as the spotify and that but they were all playing it like on the Instagram stories, like posting, you know, like summer, like at the beach or like the sun, like everyone, like, like that was the song that was on, well, yeah. on the radio and then like on everyone's social media as well. It was huge. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. It's weird hearing. It was weird hearing it. Um, like I'd walk into the warehouse and just hear it playing. <laughs> it's me. Yeah. Has that been your biggest song so far? Um, I think so, yeah. It'd be between that and why or why. Yeah, because they both hit number one. Mm. Yeah, I know why or why did like it hit number one in Hawaii as well. Yeah, nice. So, but yeah, one of those two. So are you, yeah, what other countries is, is LAB popping? Um, I, I, I know that you guys did a tour. 
over here in Australia and you've been doing some stuff in, in New Zealand too. But are there any other areas that you, that you guys are getting played? Yeah, definitely smaller radio stations um, in the UK and America. Um, but yeah, I think we, re- we want to kind of make Australia like New Zealand, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, so we've done well in New Zealand, want to do well in Oz and then use that as a, a springboard to hit Europe or America. Yeah. But seeds are already being planted over there. Mm. And, and what's the songwriting process like? Like, I know that everyone does it differently. Some people start with an idea, start with a quote or start with a melody or start with an instrumental. Like, how does it, how does it all work? It's quite interesting, especially because you guys got so many band members. Like, it yeah. must be a handful to like also juggle everyone's opinion and be like, yeah, that's not the best idea. <laughs> Let's do this. Or, you know, must get a bit awkward. Um, well, Brad, who's the drummer, um, he kind of started LAB, like it was his vision, I guess. Uh, and he is the producer or the the person that has the final say, you know, which I think you need. You need someone who's going to, there's five of us, so you need someone to say yes or no. Mm. Um, so he'll, we'll just be sitting in the studio. We all record in Wellington, like a week at a time. Uh, they all come down and we just sleep in the studio, like on the floor. Um, that sounds awesome. Yeah, yeah. So the, the recording desk is pretty much going 22 hours a day, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Like people will sleep and take shifts and do different bits and pieces. But yeah, <clears throat> we'll, we'll either just sit there jamming away and Brad will say, oh, that's cool. Let's work on that. Or, you know, bring a pre- pre-existing idea. I'll have a bunch of, like at the moment, I'm just trying to come up with a bunch of um, chords and ideas for the next time we're in the studio. So Yeah. Yeah, we just flesh them out and it's up to Brad. Like everyone contributes, of course, but yeah, mm. he kind of steers the ship and is the the painter using us as brushes kind of thing. So what's the process for you like to create, like, because you're pretty much, like when you think about it, you're making the tunes of the next LAB album that's going to come out like when you're just fleshing out these ideas like some of them won't make it or most of them won't make it but a yeah. handful will make it onto the next album like how do you how do you start that yeah I mean we it's cool because we we're not trying to write a hit if you know what I mean yeah because um, I think then it gets a bit like I don't know just disingenuous yeah, obvious. Yeah, yeah, obvious. So yeah, we just we just write songs that we like or resonate with us, and that is our audience, you know, who who like that too. Yeah. Um, and it's all about the uh, what do you call it? The um, the I don't know the interactivity, the the chemistry that all the band members have that make the song. So even a little addition by someone. Um, could be a big difference in the song. Is there any point where you're like proud of, like most proud of, like that's on the album? Like, are there any bits? Like, I can't remember the song, but there was a solo that I sent you and I was like, man, I love this uh, from you. Um, it's like a piano solo and then the guitar copies it. Oh yeah, yeah, um, Mr. Rigger. Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the um the the instrumental. Like for me, that was my favorite. I was like, man, that's awesome. Like just from you. But are there any other parts? And and I suppose only the true LAB fans will know. But like any other songs where you're like, oh, this is um, this is it. There's a song on the fourth album called Natural. Do you know that one? Yeah. Um, yeah, I wrote that in this room pretty much over the first lockdown that we had. Yeah. Um, yeah, I remember writing it and, and the words as well. And I was showing the boys and Brad was like, man, that'd be a cool instrumental. And I was like, oh, I have got lyrics to it. And so I sung, <laughs> sung the words and then he's like, oh man. And it ended up being, there's two versions of, of it on the album. The acoustic one. Yeah, acoustic instrumental version and then the, the full on song. So I was like, that's pretty cool. Because I didn't even think to have both. Um, yeah. I was just like, damn, the lyrics are going to miss out or the cool vibe is going to miss out. But yeah, pretty proud to have that on, on that album. And I yeah. think it got the number, number five in the charts or something. So The acoustic version or the, or the one where you're singing the words? Yeah, the, the full-on singing one. So, so how does that go down like when you perform? Do you do that one like, on tour? Because like, for an instrumental, like, people will, will jam, but like, you know, like, people love singing. Yeah, the- yeah. Um, yeah, we kind of do this cool, when we play that song, it's like a cool little intro that I play, I guess. That's the acoustic version. And, uh, we have a good, good friend of ours, Louisa Williamson. She's an amazing saxophonist. She kind of comes out and shreds a solo before we go into the full band version. So it's a cool little moment. Yeah. Nice. Uh, what's, so what's it like being on tour? Like with the band? Yeah, with with this band, it's it's pretty me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, previous tours, it's good because like previous tours where I've had to hit up aunties and that to sleep on their floor. Now I can invite them, give them free tickets. You know, to, to yeah, it's, it's a different position. Yeah, yeah. They're always like, "Do you need a place to stay?" I'm like, "Nah, <laughs> nah, here's some tickets." Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it, it's pretty cool with this band um we just spent a month in oz while you were on honeymoon so yeah missed out but um yeah it's cool like hotels and the 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 key thing is probably just keeping healthy you know or keeping active because it's easy this band's pretty good like everyone's active and healthy into fitness but you know a lot of bands just can get the ruckus onto it. <laughs> um, so keeping that in check, and then yeah, like Brad, the drummer, he's also a Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt. Yeah, I saw you guys doing rolls in the hotel in Adelaide. I th- yeah, was yeah. it in Adelaide? Yeah, uh, yeah, Adelaide, somewhere, Brisbane. But we went, we went to a few gyms as well. Um, so yeah, he's awesome to have around. He's similar to yourself i reckon and like just always working away keeping busy at getting yeah. stuff. Really. so what do you guys do to stay fit because yeah i know a lot of like well even musicians in general i would say are not the healthiest people like yeah, yeah. there's quite a lot of like overweight musicians like especially musos that aren't like in the face of like being the lead singer or something like usually lead singers are and i'm not trying to say like if a lead singer is overweight that's that means they can't be a lead singer. But like in general, like 
for musicians, like even I know back in Christchurch, like a lot of them, they just get comfy and they're like, oh, well, I just play music, so I don't really need to look after my health or I, yeah. I'm not in the spotlight. So I'll just, you know, like being overweight is like all good for them. Um, and you're up late, you're just playing your, your instrument, so you're not really moving. You're like sitting down or just standing up stationary. Like, what do you guys do to stay active? Um, everyone has their, their own thing. Like, uh, you're Joel, the singer. He, um, he hits the gym all the time. Big walks, big runs, that kind of thing. Others into Wakaama, like... Oh, yeah? Solo canoeing kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. And mountain biking. He's pretty active. And then, yeah, Stu, Brad, and myself, uh, yeah, all do jujitsu. So do you guys roll together? Like when you're... Yeah, yeah. which is pretty handy. So um, what's Stu? Is he... What belt he? Yeah. Just so... Blue. Blue belt. Okay. Some white belt, Stu's blue belt, and Brad's second degree black belt or something oh really yeah 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 i saw him posting his kids like doing um yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, that's good man yeah. yeah so what like does he like does he like almost run a class for you guys and like teach you stuff or do you just guys do like open mat rolls yeah he um he teaches us stuff he, he does like because our touring party is probably about 15 people yeah so yeah he'll message everyone you know, 7 a.m. box fit class or gym session. Right, so he's like the PT. Yeah, because he, he owns a gym back in Pakatani. So. Oh, true. Yeah. It used to be a gym with weights and stuff, but now he's just narrowed it down to BJJ. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, so actually we were talking about this, like talking about, talking about BJJ because <laughs> it's hard to talk about it because we're both white belts. So we're both pretty average in terms of like you know when you roll with a, a black belt you just get your ass handed to it and you just feel yeah. like you're achieving nothing um but one thing i always say about jiu-jitsu is like i just love it in terms of how humble it keeps you in terms of leaving your ego at the door because mm-hmm. like like one thing that's awesome is it, it never well you never finish yeah. like yeah. you're always working on processes or if you want to like this word's a bit cheesy, but you're focusing on the journey yeah. and how to get better, not really just an outcome. Like say, if you just want to, I want a six pack, it's just, just a six pack, but it, like it doesn't really require any skill to get there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I love that focus on actually just becoming better and focusing on what you're doing and not just like what you are. If yeah. that makes sense. Like, what do you love about it? Like, why are you still like hooked? Yeah, I think it is that eh? like, to become a blue belt, say, it's, you actually need to know a bunch of stuff and it's having the blue belt is evidence that you've progressed and gotten better at, at all these things. So it's like a good analogy for life, I guess, jujitsu, mm. just sticking at stuff and um, getting better. Yeah. I think I just like the progress. Yeah. Yeah, can, I like, yeah, sorry, you go. Yeah, you can definitely tell, you know, from getting choked out every time to getting choked out less, you know. Every second time. <laughs> Working on my tapping, like getting fun. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think, um, yeah, that's one thing that I love as well. Just, well, you know, obviously what I was saying before, just like focusing on the journey, but um, 
yeah, you're, it's easy to see progress. Like, yeah, in terms of, yeah, maybe how much you tap or you learn new submissions or, or you're learning, I don't know, this or that. It's not necessarily about the belt. It's more so just about, like a belt is a reflection, like you're saying, of what you know. But I think it's also a reflection of just how much time you put in. And I think that's like, you know, one of the great metaphors that you're saying that's just like life. It's like just the more you do something, the better you get at it. Yeah. It's such a, like, it's a basic thing. And that's like, you know, coming back to being that overnight success. It's like people aren't overnight successes. They're spending time doing their thing. Like maybe you're just not seeing it or it's in, in their room at night when no one's watching, but they're like, putting in work and it, it, it like shifts your focus in other areas of life as well. Like, you know, maybe with your music, now you keep chipping away and you focus on learning new things or doing extra song ideas instead of just rocking up to a concert and just being like, Oh, you know, it's just about performing. It's like, no, it's about what you do before the performances and like the yeah. stuff you're looking at for the future. Mm. Yeah, definitely. It's also just another, you know, like practicing piano or guitar is so concentrated, like a little area, if you know what I mean. It's just your fingers moving. Uh, so it's like a good outlet. Your whole body's being used and it takes your mind off that. You can come back fresh to whatever you're working on. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I, I, like I think personally with going to the gym, it's really good for applying what I learn in the gym. Because often when you're training, you're just training to get strong. And that's it, or look better and have bigger muscles and maybe have lower body fat or whatever you're chasing. But that's really all it is. It's quite one dimensional. But then when you add in like a sport or jujitsu, you're like, man, I can actually see what I can do with this strength and with this size because like it helps me on the mats. Like even though I, I still suck, like, but like I can get out of things a bit better or move a bit quicker or I can explode like, like you know, like doing a hip escape, I can get out quite good because I have, you know, like I have strength and other people can't get moves on me just because I can move my arm. So like it helps a lot. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's true. just putting, putting stuff to you. So. Yeah. I think that's like, I'm such a big advocate for that. Like that's why I like Brazilian Jiu Jitsu or encourage people to do it as well, because it's like, yeah, you're focusing on what you can do as opposed to just what you look like, because there's a point where you get to where you're happy with your body mm. and then you go, well, now what? <laughs> like, do you just, yeah. yeah, like, do you just get worse and then just go back to the same spot you're at? Or do you just keep getting leaner? And then you get caught in this point where you're just getting leaner and leaner and leaner and leaner and just starving yourself more and more and more and more. And then just like, yeah, life doesn't become fun. But when you actually focus on what you're doing, it's much more fulfilling because you're like, oh, instead of just having a photo and saying, oh, this is what my abs look like, you can actually look yourself at a video of you rolling and go, oh, you know, look at what I did. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, actually, just one more question on jujitsu. I know, I know you said we wouldn't go there, but um, are you gi or no gi? What do you like? Um, man, I like both. Most of the classes are gi. But um, yeah, there's like rolling. There's one class that's no gi and then rolling on on Saturday, which is no gi. So... I think I prefer no gi, but <laughs> gi is easier at the moment. Because <laughs> yeah, you can hold people in place. Yeah. <laughs> Get more submissions or, yeah, I don't know. It's easier to hold people down. Yeah. But, I, yeah, I'm keen to get into no gi more because that's more realistic, right? Yeah, I've been doing no gi a lot more. 
I kind yeah. of do it on like a two to one ratio, two no gi and one gi. I just feel like, well, I think it's easier because I can slip out of things better. <laughs> so, just because you get, you get so sweaty, man. When I first started, I didn't realize how sweaty you actually get. Um, but you can like slip out of things easier. So I liked it for that reason because I could like pull my arm out if I was getting tapped or armbar or, you know, whatever. And then with gi, I can't pull myself out. So I just, just lying there all day, just getting yeah. dominated. It's a lot slower, eh? Slower. Yeah. I think it's more of a, like, I've heard people say, like, no gi is the young man's game. And then when you, like, get less, like a spring chicken, you just, like, chill out and do gi. Yeah. And with gi, I noticed, um, like, holding, like, death gripping the gi, my hands got pretty sore. Did yeah. You yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which um, isn't great for... Oh, especially if that's how you're, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're trying to play LAB with a cast on. Yeah. Like, so taking it easy on the gi is... Yeah, good for that as well. Yeah, I get really sore elbows and forearms. Yeah, I think it's like like from gi, like gripping. Like I think it's the way I grip. It's not really my hands. It's more so my elbows and my forearms or I'm just like trying to frame too much. I'm not sure what it is, but I just get really like, and it affects me in the gym. I can't bench press. I can't do certain things because my elbows are too sore. I think it's just because I panic for dear life. <laughs> like I'm like, I'm like trying to squeeze so tight, like some of my, yeah, some of the professors are like, just breathe, man. And, yeah. and, and I think that's another, I guess, metaphor that we learn from jujitsu is like trying to be calm in stressful situations or life and death situations. Like if you want to put it like that, like, because if you don't tap, you're going to die. Yeah. But like, you almost have to just remain calm in Stop. positions where you could, you know, you're in serious danger. And like in life, it can help you navigate through life with like a cooler head. Yeah. Because the only way you're going to, you can't just panic out of it. Eh? You have to like think. How exactly. Yeah. You have to like plan your exit whilst you're getting choked. <laughs> yeah. So what's next for, um, so what's next for LAB and like your journey? Um, yeah. You guys just came to Aussie. I sadly missed you, but what's next? Um, yeah. Just went to Aussie. We've got this month off May kind of off. So, uh, but we're back in the studio in June. We've done an album a year for five years. I don't think we're going to try and finish a sixth one this year. Just let the five breathe for a bit. But yeah, just keep riding and um, ticking away. And a little New Zealand winter tour coming up as well. So Cool. Gripping for those. And then it'll probably be summer again. So when's the next time you're coming back over to Australia? Um, yeah, early next year. Um, I think they're still booking things in, but hopefully mm. our own tour around, yeah, early next year. Awesome. And um, lastly, before we wrap up with the last kind of three questions, I've got a question. And what do you think it, like makes a good song? What do you think you're like, oh, that's a good song? Yeah. I think... I'm kind of a lyrics person, so I think a good story always helps, but yeah, just the groove. I, I, I'm a band guy, I guess, so like a, an actual band playing together where you can kind of hear the musicianship as opposed to just triggers and that, which is sometimes awesome, but mm. yeah, I just love the the little nuances and um, 
thing of a real band playing a good message. And it just has to be catchy, I guess. Eh? So, yeah. so what would be, okay, two questions on the back of that. Your favorite right. artist slash band and then favorite song of all time. I know this is so hard. It's like trying to pick, you know, you're asking a parent to pick their favorite child, but like, yeah. what would be, yeah, favorite band or artist and a favorite song on the back of it? Man, I don't know if I could actually pick a favorite song just because if you like. <laughs> well, let's go top three then, if that helps, or top five, if you can rattle them up. Um, but artists, yeah, I like, I don't know, I like a range of artists. Say I went through a big period of listening to Muse, if you know the band Muse. Yeah, they're like a, yeah, they're huge. It's like a the rock band. Yeah, yeah. But it's like alternative rock. Like they're yeah, quite, alternative rock. Yeah. Um, but then, I don't know, like D'Angelo and, yeah. and that, that whole world of sound. Um, and then heaps of Kiwi acts, eh? like it's a band called Unknown Mortal Orchestra who are real cool. Shay Fu, Shapeshifter. Yeah. At Freddy's. I don't know. You could, I could keep going, but yeah, to pick a song would be like, well, top three, top five. Top three? Man. Um, it definitely goes through periods. I'd say at the moment I've been listening to a, a lot of old school stuff like Janet Jackson and um, <laughs> <laughs> like Whitney Houston and stuff. Yeah, right. Which is, I don't know, it's cool. It's like throwing things back. Um, but if I just pick a song from the artist I was saying, I'd say, man, uh, Knights, Knights of Sidonia by Muse. It's a classic. Um, I'll just say that one. Yeah. yeah, okay, okay. We'll go with that. I actually don't know him, but I'll have to check it out after this. Yeah. Um, so to wrap with the last three questions, um, this podcast is about self-development. That's why it's called Better With Brock. I wanted to create something where it's not just about fitness and becoming better by being stronger or being leaner or being more muscular, but being better as an overall person. So these last three kind of, I guess, wrap up or summarize the podcast. The first one is, is there something you do every day to make yourself better? Um, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I have, a, I have a diary. I've been doing a diary for a while. Like a journal or like a schedule or? Yeah, kind of like a journal and a schedule. So at night, I'll kind of summarize my day, I guess, but say what I'm going to do the next day. Um, I've got a calendar as well where I kind of plan out what I'm up to for the week, but just writing it down really helps me. Like I go to sleep thinking about it, you know what I mean? And um, getting up. I just love crossing things out. Or oh, no better feeling. <laughs> yeah. No better feeling. Like I'll do things just to. <laughs> Me too. I'll even write things like do the washing and just stick it off. Take shoes off. That's, yeah. Um, <laughs> Breakfast. Yes. yes. Nailing it. I'm killing it. <laughs> Successful. Yeah. So I don't know. I think that that definitely helps. And all the things I write on there, obviously, 
things to make me better. So by doing that, it helps me um, get better. Yeah. So, so I've got a question for you because I'm literally looking at the whiteboard in front of me and it has things that are crossed off and it has things a lot mostly that aren't. What do you do when you're not ticking things off? Yeah, that's a tricky one, I guess. But I think, yeah, starting small, like just writing, do the washing or something um, can get you rolling or can get me rolling anyway, like mm. make your bed or something. And then once you've done two, you're like, oh man, I want to keep going. Go to the gym or do whatever you're supposed to do. Yeah. Helps me. Yeah. And so do you, sorry, a, you got a quote that you put up on Instagram once or something was, um, what was it? It was like motivation comes after the action or something like that. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah. Yeah. I talk about it a lot. I'm not sure what the exact quote is, but there's the, actually I was, I was talking about this on an earlier podcast today. There's action results and then motivation. Right. And you yeah. kind of, yeah. but, but action is the first thing. Yeah. It's not the other way around. So you can, you can gain motivation by doing the action as well. Yeah. But people think it's, you need motivation to take action, but yeah. that's, that's not how it works. <laughs> yeah. You can't rely on it because it's not there all the time. Yeah. Which I guess all the other stuff comes in like discipline and that, but just doing a little bit of something can give you a little bit of motivation. Yeah, it gives you that hit of, oh, results. And then, oh, now I'm motivated, so let's do more. Yes. Yeah. So when you're making this, do you just do like a couple of small things or do you like blot it all out? Like, because I do everything I want to do and just put it all down there. Sometimes I get overwhelmed and like almost get scared and not do many. Yeah. But sometimes I just absolutely kill it. Um, but sometimes I'll just like do a few because I know that's, you know, that's what I'm going to do realistically. But sometimes I'll put too much knowing that I won't do it, but having it up there kind of pushes me at the same time. It's a bit weird. Um, But what's your strategy? Because I know this will help a lot of people because a lot of people like the same feeling because when you tick things off, you do get a dopamine hit and it, and it, and it makes you feel good. Um, And I know a lot of people do this. So yeah. What's your like strategy to putting to what you put down on the list? Yeah, I'm, I'm the same. I just kind of write it all out and then yeah, sometimes it's too much and I'll put, I'll kind of put ones I can do tomorrow or something. But um, yeah, no specific order, write it all out and then just start with some little ones. We'll save some little ones for tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So how about big goals? Like big, big, big goals. Like not things you do day to day, but big things you want to achieve. Let's say you want LAB to be the number one band um, in the world. Like, say you have a goal like that, or you, you know, you want to achieve, uh, I want to make this much money in a year or whatever, you know, not, you know, not that it has to be that, or I want to be a black belt. Like, yeah. like, where do you put these big goals that are kind of like big things that don't just happen the next day? Yeah. Well, I think at the moment, um, thankfully all those big goals, uh, like I'm heading towards them, if you know what I mean, they line up with what I'm doing. So every little goal I write is helping me towards that, that end goal. I've got them written down, but I think it's good to, to have them there, write them down or, or whatever, and then almost write them down, plan out some steps, and then f- almost forget about the end picture and just put your head down. 
if that makes sense. Mm. Yeah, but it's, it's still important to have them though or us. I feel like a lot of people don't really have those big goals and they just make all these little steps, but it's kind of like putting every little step of a ladder on the wrong wall because you're not right. going the right way. Yeah, that's true. So I was wondering just where you store them because I'm the same, like I have big goals um, and I'm heading towards them. But I, yeah, I have a folder on my, on my, on my phone or on my laptop just on notes that's like, you know, X, you know, buy this or, you know, change this many people's lives, create the best PT platform in the world, you know, like this sort of stuff yeah. that just sit there and they're kind of like the dangling carrots and then I like sit up the pass to get there. Yeah. Me and my mate made this, um, it's like a Excel spreadsheet, I guess. And yeah, it's just got big goals written down, broken down into smaller goals. And for example, because uh, just because it's easy, but a, a black belt is the goal, but I'm just focusing on getting a blue belt, if you know what I mean. Mm. But um, I keep going, yeah. Yeah, that's it. Like you can't really control the timing of that, but you can control your actions and what you yeah. do day to day. So like that's awesome. This, yeah, this many hours or this many techniques. Yeah, thing. it's not that complicated when you think about it, eh? Like it's just like you're doing it in an Excel spreadsheet, but so many people don't actually achieve what they want to achieve. Because mm. like, I think a lot of people are paralyzed by fear as well. Like you have this big goal and it seems so far away. Like Black Belt, you're like, man, that's like 10 years away, minimum. Um, but you, but really the key is just going to the next class. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, Once you break it down, it's yeah easier to digest. It. Yeah, and it's like palatable, yeah. Mm. Second question, is this, is this someone that you know or just are aware of that contributes to you becoming better a better person or becoming better every day like could be a family member could be an author or a book you read um so it'd be that person that'd be responsible for it or a mentor or for you maybe i don't know a band member or whatever like do you have someone that you would be like yeah that person's made me better yeah um probably i mean i try and surround myself with people who are motivated and doing well and I'm quite um people rub off on me pretty easily I think so yeah I'm the same yeah so I try and surround myself with people who are doing well and I, I think like the I live with other musicians who are all pretty successful and they definitely have made made me better at music and then just at discipline and that kind of thing but um yeah, probably, definitely at the moment, Brad from LAB has definitely made me hone in and um, improve myself in a few aspects of life, yeah. Mm. Yeah, I suppose you don't get to black belt by chance, do you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, like that whole jujitsu thing, he got me into it, and then music, of course. And just hearing his story and what he's overcome yeah, it's pretty inspiring. So, mm, Awesome. Yeah. Lastly, last question, number three. Is there a quote that, once again, helps you get better or has helped you develop into a better person? Um, yeah, one I often think about, which I've heard it used for a few things, but a, a successful musician is just a musician who stuck around. You know? Yeah. Like I know a lot of people who have dropped off or just kind of stopped 
But um, the ones that are doing well have just stuck at it. And that is probably the same to relate it to <laughs> jiu-jitsu again. Yeah. Yeah. A, a black belt is, is just a white belt who's stuck, stuck. around and spent yeah. a lot more hours on the mat. And I'm sure that's the same with, you know, you don't get a physique, a God-tier physique without um, putting the hours in it. Yeah, no, I love that. Yeah, and that's exactly why I love jujitsu. And yeah, and you put it that way. Well, yeah, like being a top tier musician is the same. Like, there's not many of them because mm. a lot of people kind of fall by the wayside. And, and yeah, same with physiques too. Like, a lot of people want to look like X and have this physique, but they don't want to put the work in. It's like, yeah, they don't want to stick around. When it's yeah. raining, they don't want to go for a run. Or it's crazy when it's raining, people don't go to the gym. I'm like, and, and they don't even go to jujitsu. I'm like, it's inside. Oh yeah, <laughs> like, I know. Eh? It's like, yeah, I don't know. Do do you follow that guy David Goggins? Do you know him? Yeah, I've read his book too. Oh, I don't follow him because I feel like once you've read his book, you understand his whole theory because he's just like a real hard ass. He'll run a marathon yeah. with a broken leg, but like, yeah. I mean, it's probably not yeah, the best. Well. But yeah, you get the, the idea, right? Like, yeah, he's that whole mindset. Yeah, the mind can just do anything yeah, if, you, if you make it. Yeah, he's, a, he's definitely one who's stuck around, man. He's like pushed through everything. Yeah. He's like got a knee brace on and he's like running. He's like, <laughs> crazy. Yeah, yeah. nah, he's, yeah, his story's inspiring. Hey, man, well, thanks so much for coming on, bro. I appreciate it. Um, yeah, it's, it's been awesome to chat. Obviously, I've, I've, I've known you as a mate for a very long time. Um, so I'm super proud of you, man, seeing you climb your way up and, um, yeah, work your way through, you know, going through your journey, starting music, going through Nation, studying down in Invercargill, and then, yeah, jumping on the, on the bandwagon, well, not jumping on the bandwagon, the LAB. Now you're really driving it with them and, you know, becoming the biggest band in New Zealand. So mm. that's awesome, bro. It's been awesome to watch. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for having me. And likewise, watching your journey and watching you, how well you've done is, I'm proud as well. You've done awesome. Yeah, man. We just keep putting in the work. Hey, that's, that's what we got to do. Sticking around. <laughs> just sticking around, man. Sticking around. All right, brother. I, I appreciate it, man. And um, yeah, well, I'll be talking to you soon. I'll see you at Bluebell. <laughs> yeah, sweet, bro. <laughs> see you, bro.